Our gracious God, we come. We come to know you. We come to know each other, to discuss and wrestle um, with your word and our lives, seeking that our lives would be brought under your word and into conformity with it. Speak into our hearts, confront our sin, and then solve it with your grace, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Let me uh, just open with a reading. I'm going to read uh, Ephesians 4, 31 to 5, 2. You're free to turn there or just listen. Short little passage. Um, Our God says this to us. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Uh, This is our God's word to us uh, this morning. Uh, And here we are again. Uh, Isaac was supposed to be in Warm Springs this morning. Uh, Instead, he's just in his warm bed. Um, Now he's sick. Uh, Hi, Isaac, if you're there. Um, and when he's been unable to teach Sunday school this year, I filled in and I've been doing a variety of topics. Uh, we did uh, mask mandates. We talked about comforting those who are mourning. We looked at CRT and intersectionality. And last time I filled in, uh, we looked at uh, serving, serving in the church. What is, what is serving? Why does the Lord call us to do it? What are the costs and what keeps us from it? And when I talked about what keeps us from it, among the reasons we discussed uh, I included bitterness, and I think I may have struck a nerve um, because I had a few comments about that afterwards. Like, yeah, uh, I struggle with that. Uh, in fact, one of those comments included a request that we de- delve deeper into it uh, in a Sunday school. And so here we are. I decided, you know, I just stuck that away in my pocket and thought, okay, next time uh, I, I teach, um, I'll, I'll dive in a little bit deeper in bitterness. And um, as we get started, I want to confess that uh, much of the material I'm going to use today comes from a booklet called How to Be Free from Bitterness. Um, It was given to me by a dear friend during a season uh, when bitterness was ruling my heart. Um, Some of you remember a few years ago that our presbytery had a number of problems. Uh, Men that I knew and loved had said and done things that were very hurtful. Um, one in particular was very close to me, a father figure, if you will, whom I deeply loved and respected, and it hurt. It hurt a lot. And, uh, and bitterness grew within my heart, and it was de- evident to others. And so I, um, though, despite the fact that I had lots of pious-sounding reasons, uh, the fact was I was bitter. And my friend saw that, and he called me on it, And he encouraged me, uh, and then he gave me this booklet, uh, and it was super helpful. And and I'm not saying that everything is perfect now, that I am uh, free from all bitterness. I think I'm better. I would uh, simply say I'm a work in progress. (laughs) Indeed. Um, And so I come to you today uh, as a fellow sinner, as one prone to bitterness myself, uh, ashamed of it, yes, often feeling helpless in my battle against it. 
And yet I come to you as one who has a wonderful Savior who meets us in our sin with his wonderful grace and his wonderful forgiveness. And so that's, that's how I want to start our conversation. And really, what I want, as we talk about bitterness, here's what I want to drive home. And it's this. Bitterness is a sinful response. Bitterness is a sinful response to the sins of others that harms our soul and robs God's children of joy. Um, it's a sinful response to the sins of others that harms our soul and robs us of joy. Um, and so we're going to uh, look at that, and, and, and with that, hopefully, uh, I'll also say, okay, so what do we do about it when it's in our lives? But before we jump in too far, I am curious. Uh, anyone here ever wrestle with bitterness? Okay. Okay, so people on this side. So, Johnny, since you've never wrestled with it, I'm going to... No. <laughs> His mom just sighed. Yeah, who has it? Uh, Anyone want to share a little bit? I mean, you don't have to get into too many details, but... What's your experience been like? How does it start? What does it feel like? Constantine? So that's been your experience. Is, yeah. Is the thing that you dwell upon and you give life to, you're no longer guarding your heart with all vigilance. Your heart becomes like a city without walls. Okay. Anybody else? Yeah. Deep sense of betrayal. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think bitterness is common. Uh, is it easy to fight or difficult to fight? Difficult. Why? What makes bitterness so hard to fight? Okay, fighting it's an attack on our idolatry. Okay, there's a lot there to unpack. It's because we're self-centered. Okay, 
So why? You got to explain a little bit about what I think you guys are both saying the same thing. But I want like, in what sense is is bitterness fighting bitterness, fighting our self centeredness, fighting our idolatry? Like you guys are saying these like really profound things, but you got to connect the dots for me. How could you do that to me? That's the voice of bitterness. How could you do this to me, right? I deserve more than that. I deserve better. I deserve more. Caleb? I was just going to say, uh, like self-righteousness is part of it. Good, good. Self-righteousness is deeply connected with bitterness. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you think there's a sense in which we take pleasure in bitterness? Okay, why? We take pleasure in esteeming ourselves more highly than we are. There you go. We take pleasure because in bitterness is a sense of self-righteousness, right? Um, uh, because, because bitterness is, is about vindicating yourself over others. Um, convincing ourselves or others that we did nothing wrong and, and all the wrong was done against us. We're better. We're the victims. We deserve restitution of some sort. Um, and that can be, quite frankly, an intoxicating exercise, uh, an addicting, enslaving exercise. So what is bitterness? Uh, I think it can be hard to define. We tend to recognize it more quickly than we define it. Uh, we tend to recognize it in others more quickly than we recognize it in ourselves. Um, how would you define bitterness? Mom? Well, it involves a lot of self-pity. Okay. And wallowing in that, enjoying the self-pity. Okay. Mm. Whenever you feel that you're wrong. Okay. And so here again, it's, it's all Yeah, and I think I think when we think about bitterness, we tend to do that. Like, uh, we characterize it like this is what bitterness does. Uh, I think we're, we're we're more adept at seeing what it does than clearly defining what it is because that's we we recognize it, right? It, it's like um, uh, this, this is how it feels. This is how it speaks. Good. Okay, it's a deep forgetfulness of what Christ has done for us. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
sourness of soul. <laughs> Good, yes. Yeah. It's interesting that it, the word actually comes from a, a, a sensory, right? This, you know, a bitter taste. But that's how my soul, yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe one of the best ways to get at what uh, uh, bitterness is, is uh, seeing its relationship to guilt. Uh, what is guilt? Okay, which is? Okay, you're getting a little far down the road. Let's start with, like, that's a little bit about, like, why guilt might not be resolved. But what is guilt itself? It's the feeling that you did wrong. There you go. Guilt is our response to doing wrong to someone else. Guilt is the response of your conscience or your heart when you have wronged someone else. Bitterness is our response when someone else has wronged us. So that's the difference, right? You change the subject and the object, right? Um, bitterness is what you feel when others sin against you. And, and there's more that we need to say. You don't always feel bitterness when someone sins against you any more than you always feel guilty when you've done wrong. And you don't necessarily feel bitterness because someone has wronged you or, or sinned against you. My point for now, for now is simply... That, that guilt is a response to our own sin and bitterness is a response to other people's sin against us. Uh, and that last part, against us, is the key. Um, do we feel bitterness against all sin? Do you, do you feel bitterness every time you hear about sin against somebody else, especially strangers or across the world? Unfortunately, not. <laughs> Unfortunately, well... I don't think we want to feel bitterness, but we, we definitely aren't affected to the same degree, are we, when we hear, okay? Um, because bitterness is a response to, to, to personal things, things done against you personally. And the closer the relationship, the greater the bitterness. Uh, do, do you walk around for years with deep bitterness about that person who cut you off on the freeway? No. If only we all could. Can retired? Can you do that anymore? I didn't think so. Yeah. But why don't we we feel bitterness when a complete stranger cuts us off and pulls away? There's a there's a lack of intimacy. Lack of intimacy. Not personal. Right. There's a word we heard earlier today. There's no sense of betrayal. When a complete stranger does something stupid and leaps, right? Um, because there's no relationship there, the bitterness doesn't grow. Because bitterness is a response to being sinned against by someone close to you, someone important to you, or, or, uh, or when the results are deeply personal. Um, why do you think that is? Why do we grow most bitter against the people we are closest to? Because we have high expectations. We expect the most from the people we trust and love the most, right? Absolutely. 
Bitterness is largely an issue of unmet expectations. Uh, Either we think that people who love us shouldn't fail us, or we think so highly of someone that when they fail us, it turns our worlds upside down and makes us feel foolish. And so you could feel deeply betrayed by somebody you've never met. Like if they're a public figure and you respect them a lot, you, you know, you think highly of them, you, you, you value what they say, and then you find out that there's this deep hypocrisy or something like that, right? Um, so, so like when, when, when everything came out about Mark Driscoll, even though many, many people had never met him, the sense of betrayal was so deep because they trusted him so dearly, right? That's, that's what we're talking about. So it could be someone very close to you or somebody very important to you. Um, bitterness says things like we've already heard, right? How could he? I thought I knew him. I trusted him, right? There's that deep sense of confusion, betrayal, that, that, that you expected so much more. It, now, it's one thing to define bitterness. It's quite another thing to, rec- uh, uh, to recognize it. Yes, I know it's easy to recognize in others, but how do you recognize it in yourself? Lack of joy. Lack of joy? Okay. Okay. How else? I think there would be some anxiety or uh, feeling trouble or um, anger or mm-hmm. uh, a lot of feelings that would be there. They're not present. Okay. Good. Pat mentioned um, I listened to Dave, forgot the word. Looks like she did too. Okay. Self pity. Okay. Good. Charlie? Forget who the attribution was to, but it's been said bitterness is drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. Yes. Right. So misery tends to be always self inflicted. It's it's camping out in the battle with death. Okay. But what does that mean? How does that help me recognize it in me? Like, you got to. Like I said, how do you recognize it in yourself? And you said you're camping out in the valley of death. Somebody might not connect if I just use those words. So drive that home for me. Yeah, I, I think one way um, that we recognize bitterness is uh, are you fixated and do you remember the details? Uh, when you remember, when you are able to remember the exact details of what a person said or did, um, when you have a clear chronology of what exactly happened, and when you're ready to tell anyone who asks what happened, you're bitter. Um, anybody here ever receive a compliment? Okay, like 
three hands went up. I'm scared. Um, can you remember compliments clearly? Yes. <laughs> Why? true. But my guess is mostly the compliments you've received. You might remember somebody paid you a compliment and it meant a lot to you, but you can't remember exactly what they said. And if they did, if you do remember what they said, there's a reason. You rehearsed it over and over and over again. Um, yeah. But I, do we tend to fixate more on, on, on hurts or compliments? Yes, we do. Um, most compliments you receive, you're grateful, you might have this, this memory that somebody said something nice or whatever. Um, but most of them fade because we don't fixate on them. Um, typically, hopefully. Um, telling everybody you meet about them. Um, we tend to remember certain hurts because we, hurt, we rehearse them over and over. We don't spend the next six years rehearsing the guy who cut us off on the freeway. Where exactly we were, how many feet. It's just, yeah. Have you been cut off before? Yeah. I, when? I have this, how many times? I, super vague recollections. Like, I know I've been cut off, but I couldn't begin to tell you where I was, when, how many times. Charlie? Do you think that's because in victimhood, there's sort of an inherent power over the assailant? When someone does you wrong, you sort of have something over them? Well, yeah, but... But that's true in both situations, the, the, the getting cut off on the freeway and something more personal. You, you are a victim in both, right? But the one that's personally painful is the one that we rehearse over and over, and we have these, these dialogues in our head. We, we make our case. We, we prove our innocence, and, you know, um, right? Um, hmm? Self-talk. Yeah, absolutely. Why? Why do we rehearse those things? Why... Do we have self-talk? Again, Okay. We right. We do it because it's important and it's personal. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Right, so bitterness can lead us to self-protection, right? I don't want to get, I don't want to get hurt again. But I think we also do it to, to self-justify so that we're ready when, when we get a, a listening ear to prove ourselves innocent and vindicate ourselves when we have the opportunity. Um, 
the Bibleness, the Bible, the Bibleness, um, which is a very fancy word. Yes, it's just like it sounds in the Greek. Um, the Bible, uh, it, it likens bitterness to a plant, especially what part of the plant? The root, right? Um, repetition, uh, fixation, thinking about is how we nurture the plant of bitterness. It's, it's how we care for it and how we, we tend it and nurture it and help it grow. Um, now that's true for good things as well, right? Why does God tell us to, to meditate on his word when we get up and when we go down, when we come, when we go? Why does he tell us to, to, to keep his word close to our hearts and minds? Why? Yeah, to nurture its root in our hearts and lives, right? Because neglect, neglect does what neglect does for plants, right? They wilt and die. Um, but bitterness isn't a good, healthy plant. It's more like a weed or a poisonous plant. Uh, Charlie has already shared with us that, that, uh, that, ex- that expression that's so fitting. Bitterness is like drinking poison. Uh, expecting somebody else to die. Bitterness is a poisonous plant. Um, and, and, and in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, says that, that when we let that root of bitterness grow, it defiles us. It, it robs us of our joy and it robs us of spiritual health. And so we shouldn't um, nurture weeds or poisonous plants. What should we do with them? Root them out. Good. Tear them out, roots and all, right? Um, so how do you rip out bitterness? You have to focus on the word of God and not the wrong done to you. Interesting. Recognize it as sin and confess it. And focus on what Christ has done for you. Michelle? Yeah, I was going to say, like, just recognize that you really don't deserve anything like God um, because of your sin. You don't deserve any of the common grace that God gives. Mm-hmm. Recognize your own unworthiness. So peace comes from meditating. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm thinking in terms of weeding in the garden. There are particular weeds that have large deep roots. <clears throat> if you cut them off, they'll grow back within mm-hmm. days. Um, it's in, there's, you have to dig in deep and till that soil enough to be able to pull it out by the roots. But thinking about that in my own Self-examination uh, really 
Yeah, yeah. Not mine, the Lord's, right? Um, yeah, I, I think I think what what Gary said is really helpful as far as the first thing we have to do is is recognize, admit, and confess that the solution does not lie with the person, the other person. Actually, I think this is what Lori said. I'm sorry. Um, this solution doesn't lie with with the other person. Why do I say that? Okay, well, right, but but what do we tell ourselves? We tell ourselves, "I'm just, I'm just angry." We don't like the word bitter, right? Uh, I just feel this way because they haven't come to me, right? And as soon as they do, all will be well. If we wait till then, what's wrong? There's lots of things that are wrong, but what are some of the obvious things? person could die or could already be dead or, or could outlive you but still never come, right? Absolutely. You're now putting peace dependent upon somebody else's response rather than yours, right? You're kind of uh, like the person that you sort of like judge in that scenario and you have to remember that vengeance is the Lord's mm. Right. Try. It also, yeah, it excuses us from the, the good and hard work of forgiveness, which is what we are called to. We're not called to control the other person. We have a faithfulness that we are to exhibit right. in our response to the Right. And, and let's be honest if that person does come and apologize, is it any guarantee that you let go of your bitterness? No. Right. Um, I've seen people get more bitter when someone repents. But most importantly, the solution to bitterness can't lie with what the other person does because bitterness isn't the other person's sin. It's yours. Now that's. Doesn't mean they didn't sin against you, but yours. It doesn't mean they didn't sin against you, right? Um, but the bitterness itself isn't their sin. Remember, God commands, right? It is God's command for us not to be bitter. Let me read two passages again, okay? Hebrews twelve 15, I've alluded to this, right? See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled, right? See to it that you do not let a root of bitterness grow up, right? That's a command. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Let all bitterness, this is what we opened with, and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. In other words, if God commands us not to be bitter, it means that it is a sin to be bitter and we don't need to wait for the other person to deal with it. So what do you do with sin? Jesus said if your brother sins against you, you go to him. Okay. Yeah, if your brother sins against you, right? That's true. Now, but say you've done all of that, right? Right. And they refuse to repent and blah, blah, blah. We still aren't allowed to get bitter. Now it's now we're dealing with our sin, right? Um, and... And what do we do? What, are, what does the Bible tell us to do when we sin? 
Confess it. Call it what it is. Confess it. And, most importantly, ask for forgiveness. Right? Now, part of that might be simply confessing that you have unbiblical, unrealistic expectations. That, that thinking that if you do the right thing, everybody else will do the right thing too. That if you serve, others will serve. And so on. Much of our bitterness is simply because we expect a world that is far less sinful and fallen than it really is. Yeah, how can we not be disappointed? Part of dealing with bitterness is taking your unmet expectations and bringing them to the cross and surrendering them to God. But there's more, because he said bitterness is a sin, but what kind of sin is it? And this has come up already, so this is not a new question. I'm trying to bring it full circle. What kind of sin is it? Self-destructive. It's self-destructive, certainly. Um, but isn't all sin? He said, running towards the cliff. <laughs> Uh, it's idolatry. Good. Good. Yeah. Again, all sin, by definition, is, is, is a rebellion. Either doing what God forbids or, or uh, not doing what he commands. Good. John. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, all of these things are true. All right. This is, and and it's it's they're not just true of 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 bitterness, right? These are this is what sin does to us. Like, let's just be honest. And it doesn't matter what your sin is, right? Um, it is destructive. It destroys peace. It destroys joy. It gives no, right? Like, it's just ugly, isn't it? Um, but I, I, I think bitterness itself is a sin, is a sin of self-righteousness, if we really want to kind of put a fine point on it. It's believing that you deserve more than you are getting and that you are better than others. Um, so how do you deal with self-righteousness? Recognize it's sin and confess. <laughs> so recognize it's sin and confess. Good, Charlie? Self-forgetfulness. What does that mean? So Philippians 2, right? Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. That's all there is. Right. 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 So one more cliche for the for the morning because it's a good one. Right. Humility isn't thinking less of yourself; it's thinking of yourself less. Right. Right. Um, I love that one. 
um, as well, because it's a great point, right? It's not hating yourself. It's letting go, right? Good. You're right. Yeah. 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 Um, This is where the parable of the unforgiving servant is helpful, Um, which comes... Just a few verses after a passage Gary just mentioned. Uh, if a brother sins against you, go and tell him your sin, right? So, um, uh, what's, the, what's the parable of the unforgiving servant? What was the sin of the unforgiving servant? He accepted forgiveness and refused to give it to another. That's absolutely right. right? He wasn't willing to forgive another servant... He, uh, who owed him something after he had been forgiven, right? And how does the master respond? Right, this is in Matthew 18, 21 to 35, right? How does the master respond? You remember the story, right? One servant owes his master this huge sum of money, more than he could ever repay in his whole life. The master says, have him thrown into prison, sell his wife and children into slavery until all his debts are paid. He says, no, no, have mercy on me. He says, okay, I'll have mercy. I will not just give you more time. I'm going to clear out your debt. And the man says, whoa, thank you. He walks out and he goes, oh, there's a guy who owes me five bucks. Hey, you owe me five bucks. And the guy's like, I, I, just give me a little bit more time. He says, no, I'm going to throw you into prison and <laughs> sell your wife and children into slavery. And it gets back to the master that the man he had forgiven couldn't forgive another, right? So what does the master say? He's angry. How dare you, having been forgiven so much? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Billions to versus 4,000. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I've, I shared with you at the beginning, you know, at that time, and I'm not saying I'm free from but I, uh, the bitterness that I was dealing with, and it was this, I was telling myself, no one else is dealing with this. If I don't hold on to this, it's never going to be dealt with. And the idea was, God needed me to protect his, preserve his justice. Look, I'm not saying that it's not, we don't need to confront sin and things like that, but my heart was far beyond that. My heart was, was bitter. Like I was the savior, you know. And, and, and that the sin was against me more than it was against my God. And in the midst of all of that, I really lost perspective on how great my sin against my God is. Um, and that, yeah, 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 no, he sinned against Bathsheba, he sinned against Uriah, he sinned against his, the whole country, his army, everybody, right? But the, yes, um, means learning to forgive others comes from two things. First, understanding the weightiness of your own sin and the immensity of God's grace. If we don't meditate on those things, if we simply meditate upon the immensity of other people's sin and the innocence of our own hearts, we will be bitter. If we meditate upon the immensity of our sin and the greatness of God's grace, we won't. Yes, Elaine? The second, yes, yes. God says, yeah, speak to the rock. He says, no, I'm going to hit it. Yeah. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's a lot going on because the first time God did say strike the rock. But 1 Corinthians 10.4 tells us that that rock was Christ, that God was standing on the rock. And he only needs to be struck once for the forgiveness of sins. He does not need to be struck twice. The second time you just need to ask. And Moses says, no, I'm going to strike him again. I'm not going to just seek grace. I'm going to obtain it through striking. And he let his anger and all that just rule rather than understanding that the one time was enough. And so he disobeyed God and God said, because you did not treat me as holy, you will not enter the promised land. Yeah. Charlie, and then I gotta, I'm going to try to wrap up because we're at... Yeah. Right. Yeah. In the context of why this Sunday school was is done, because we were talking about service, you said that it robs God's children of joy. It robs the house of God of joyful and humble service. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it robs you more than just you, right? Yeah. Sure. But but again, I want to emphasize this. Look, it's not just re- focusing recognizing that you have done far worse against God than whoever has done whatever has been done against you it's it's recognizing that despite that the being true that you have been forgiven that you have been forgiven i'm not suggesting by any means that this is easy not at all these are daily battles but if we don't acknowledge what bitterness is and 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 and, and what the road uh, to dealing it with it looks like we'll never start um, we're going to keep blaming others and we're going to keep waiting for them to come along and deal with it. As I've been preparing this, you know, I, all these things keep hopping in my head that I just want to defend. And, and I was like, okay, so that's what I need to confess this week. <laughs> I get it. Like, it's not easy. Preparing the lesson, you know, somebody, uh, Michelle asked me at membership just the other week, you know, you know, how do you get fed? I said, part, part of how I get fed is preparing because it's incredibly it's not just like, oh, boy, does everybody else need to hear this. It's like, well, who am I to get up there and talk about bitterness? As if, like, I have this all worked out. <laughs> no. Like, as I'm preparing, as I'm reviewing this morning, I'm thinking about people who, who I'm holding things against that I need to let go. And say, Lord, you're going to have to remember that because I need to forget it. Yeah. Yeah. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Yeah. God wants something better for us. He wants grace and forgiveness and peace. He wants us to learn to trust that He will deal with all things in His time. And that's a beautiful comfort. It is. Um, I was praying this morning that the Lord would help me to forget some things that I've been holding on to. I need to let go of the details. I, I, because they're not good. Um, 
It's not that there weren't sins. That's not what it's. That's not what I'm saying. It's just I gotta let go. I need to not be there, um, and uh, I need to realize that, that that holding on to that isn't isn't their fault. That's mine. Uh, I've been holding on to it. Uh, sorry, John. Oh, absolutely. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we can't hold on to our sin, take hold of his grace, right? We've got to let go of one to take hold of the other. We can't hold on to our war and take hold of his peace, right? We've got to let go of our wars and take hold of his peace, yeah. Um, yes. Oh yes. Yeah. All all bitterness is it doesn't eventually get there. It is ultimately there, right? Why is the Lord allowing me to go through this and and we have to wrestle with that and own that absolutely. Okay, we are we're past time, so I'm going to close. Um thanks for indulging. Uh this morning, and then uh, next week, uh, the plan is to to let our Warm Springs team, who's le- leaving today, um, share about our experiences this week. So it'd just be informal time, just kind of sharing and, and talking and, and things like that. So, and then we'll be done. Our gracious God, we thank you. We thank you that we could uh, come together this morning to talk about these things, wrestle with them, and we pray most importantly that you would help us to let go of our bitterness. Uh, let go of our frustration, uh, let go of the details and forget and trust that you will deal with them in your way, in your time. Help us to remember, to fixate, to focus on your marvelous deeds, your goodness, your joy and your peace. Father, we lay all these things at your feet. Amen.